What up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Bradham. It's Joe George, assistant to the regional manager behind the glass. And it is a Game 7 edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Monday. Who cares that it's Monday? Who cares that it's the first day of the week? Who cares about everything else other than it's Game 7 of an ALCS tonight? You got that right. I mean, I was hoping we didn't have to do this. I was hoping we wouldn't get here. I was hoping that everything would be taken care of and wrapped up with a bow on it last night, and that's not the case. So it is the two greatest words in sports. It's just a little more nerve-wracking when your team's involved. Game seven. Yeah. I was um, – we do we do donuts, you know, after the show, and it airs the next day. And a lot of times, sometimes – I mean, we record one. We record one donut, and tonight, the donut after the show – we're going to be sitting here talking about, is it either day one of the offseason for the Astros or are they preparing for a World Series? Like, think of the stark difference between the two. You win, you're in the World Series for the fifth time in seven years. Incredible, unbelievable, surreal, especially where these Astros came from. Or you have another series where a home team does not win and it's day one of the offseason. We're on Dusty Watch. We're on all sorts of watches. That's what's at stake tonight and a do-or-die Game 7 ALCS between the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros. Of course, the Lone Star Series is going seven games. Yeah, it, it's, it, the magnitude of everything just a Game 7 of the American League Championship Series is big, but when you add the extra element of Dallas versus Houston, Arlington versus Houston, with Rangers, Astros, and, and just how everybody that I've talked to said, it's one thing if you lose this game. But because it would be losing to the Rangers, it makes it so much more difficult to even think about. And that's what adds that extra kind of thickness to everything going, my God, this is huge. It really uh, it really does. Like, I mean, obviously you're not going to ever want to lose, but if you lose to the Rangers versus like the Rays, right. like, it doesn't feel good. But at the same time, at least you don't have the other team that has all of the, you know, validation that your arch rival that's been like, I think the Rangers rather beat the Astros than win the ALCS in in a lot of ways. You know, we talk about the Yankees and the Dodgers and all the teams they've beaten along the way. And there's really never been that kind of animosity with the Braves or the Nationals. But when you think about it with the Rangers, it's like for the last several years, the Astros have had the, the last word and all the bragging. And all of the, the the different things that they could go to in their back pocket. You lose this game tonight, everything else is out the window. They have the ultimate trump card on you then to just hold it over your head and go, yeah, you guys had a nice run, but guess what? When we played you head-to-head, guess who won? Yeah. The, uh, the Astros lineup for Game 7 is out, and there is a pretty significant change. A couple of pretty significant changes, actually. Um, everybody's up a spot. Brantley's being moved down. Here is the Astros lineup for Game 7 tonight against Max Scherzer. Jose Altuve leads it off. Alex Bregman bats second. Jordan Alvarez up to the three spot. Jose Abreu is the cleanup man. Michael Brantley bats fifth. Kyle Tucker bats sixth. Chaz McCormick back in the lineup in center field hitting seventh. Um, Jeremy Pena's the shortstop. And then Martin Maldonado catches. So Atuve, Bregman, Jordan, Abreu, Brantley, Tucker, Chaz, Pena, Maldonado. The difference there is Brantley moves from second to fifth. Everybody above them moves up a spot. Bregman, Jordan, Abreu. Tucker's still in the sixth spot. Dusty's going to go with Chaz instead of Dubon against Max Scherzer. And then Pena stays in the lineup, and he stays in the eighth spot. I kind of wanted Pena to bat ninth today. To do your double leadoff? 
not so much the double leadoff, but it kind of comes into play. It's more to give him protection. Like, I think Jeremy Pena is a much different hitter when he has significant protection behind him as opposed to Martin Maldonado behind him. Yeah, when I think you look at the baseball, just the baseball perspective of when he had success in the two-hole, that's exactly why. Because, you know, there was a lot better pitches to be seen because he had the protection around him. Um, it's interesting to me that Chaz is in the lineup and Dubon is not because Chaz has struggled mightily and Dubon has made contact. And Dubon is the guy that even when he gets down and we talk about it over and over again, his pitch selection is horrible the first two strikes. And then he shortens up and he protects and he puts back to baseball. And last night he got you another sack fly when you absolutely had to have that just to get a run in. And so it's a little bit curious to me. You know, it's interesting the things that stand out. One, that he did the shuffle that he did in the top. And then two, that he's going to go with uh, Chaz instead of Dubon. I probably would have played Dubon today, but I'm not going to lie to you. Mauricio Dubon's at bats yesterday annoyed the heck out of me. It's easy to see why. The, the Even the sacrifice fly. Like, hey, you did a great job on an 0-2 pitch. Got fly ball to right center. Scored the run. Great job on the 0-2 count. Work a count, yeah. man. In the eighth inning, bases loaded, one out. He didn't see a strike and went down on three pitches. He had the soft line drive to short after he swung and missed a pitch out of the zone. After he swung and pissed, uh, swung and missed at another pitch out of the zone. If Mauricio Dubon had average, just average plate discipline, he would be a top 10 second baseman in baseball because he does have good bat to ball skill. He's got a little bit of pop too. He'll run into something. Mm-hmm. He'll get mm-hmm. some extra mm-hmm. bases. If he had decent plate discipline where he walked an average amount of times, he would be a top 10 second baseman in all of baseball. But because he doesn't, and he's a free swinger, and he shouldn't be because he doesn't have a ton of power. He's, he'll run into one, but doesn't have a ton of power. Some of his bats, including that one in the eighth inning, make you go bonkers. Oh, there's no doubt. Because, you know, Smoltz is obviously being a Hall of Famer and an ex-player. He's going to pick up on it for sure. But you, you hear it even on the radio guys and, and other guys that are just picking it up going, well, you know that this thing, if it's within three feet of the strike zone in any top, bottom, or either side, he's swinging. And lo and behold, he is. And it's just amazing to me that he can flail and swing and look so bad for two strikes and then find a way to at least put it in play, which so many guys struggle with. But I'm with you. I, I mean, I was, you know, squeezing into pillows and punching things and going, what are you doing? doing in this situation, digging an 0-2 hole, swinging at bad pitches. Yeah, Yeah, he drove me crazy with that. So I don't hate that Chaz is in the lineup today. Uh, I probably still would have leaned Mauricio, but Chaz does have had had a good season. Uh, Mauricio Dubon hasn't had tons like he hasn't had tons of at bats against Max. Neither has uh, neither is Dubon. But I, I think that's kind of like six one way, half a dozen the other. Uh, moving everybody up a spot like is it a huge deal? It's not a huge deal. My druthers are I don't love Jordan in the three spot. There's no spot in the lineup that bats more often with two outs, nobody on than the three spot in the lineup. But he does have a better chance of getting an extra at bat. So I don't think it's really worth crying. about about or fighting over or dying on that hill. Uh, but that is Dusty Baker's Game 7 lineup, most important game of the year. Your thoughts on that lineup, 713-780-3776. But we do have to react uh, to the Game 6 loss yesterday. Astros falling 9-2. to It was a tight game throughout. Uh, Rangers score five runs in the ninth against some mop-up pitchers. Curious moves in that ninth inning. Curious moves late in the game that we'll get to uh, later. But Fromber Valdez was a topic of conversation in Game 6 after his lousy performance in game two we were talking about it the next day on this radio station on our show um everybody wanted jp france over fromber valdez yesterday fromber picked up the uh the l oh and three now in the postseason gave up three runs five hits five innings what did you think of fromber valdez's outing look i don't think it was bad by any stretch of the imagination but he you know he made a lot of good pitches when he had two strikes on a guy and he was up in the count whether oh two one two um he's he's definitely not the pitcher that we saw in the first half of the season but that was way better than what we saw 
in his first appearance in this series. It's just that regardless of how the dingers happened and the way he gave up the runs, you knew who you were going against. And, and as much as they put pitches on him and, and at least got a run on him early on, Uvalde in the first inning, you knew he was going to settle down. You knew his stuff was going to get right. Frombert all night just didn't seem to me like he was ever feeling like he was in total control. He kind of looked like he was always you know, looking around, looking over his shoulder. I never felt comfortable that he felt comfortable at any point in that game. He did find a little groove for a short period of time. But overall, I just feel like he's not even close to where he was the first half of the season. I thought he was actually good to yesterday. I, I didn't, I'm not going to go as far to say really good. I thought he was good. Uh, he had swing and miss, struck out six and five innings. He only gave up five hits. He, to me, he only made two mistakes. Uh, the pitch to Garver uh, caught too much of the play. I think that he was trying to – I think he thought Garver was going to take the first pitch. He did not. Ambushed him. Uh, hits it out of the ballpark the other way. The, the pitch to Heim wasn't a good pitch. That's a that's an out in every single ballpark but two. Yep. And I think Kyle Tucker should have caught that baseball. I, I don't disagree I think at he all. He should have caught so like that pitch wasn't a good it wasn't well executed pitch. Twenty eight ballparks, it's an out. Should have been an out, I thought, yesterday, but you're not gonna get mad at he, Kyle Tucker. Well, he get makes mad the same Tucker. play late in the game when it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's yeah, almost the exact same play. I thought it was a more difficult play that he made. And, and, and the fact of the is, yard. His body language and everything, even when he went up, looked like he's so down in the dumps that it just looked like he almost kind of half-assed the effort, which is a play that he makes on that wall all season long. And I literally, uh, just on fast glance, live action, I thought he caught it. And he came down, I'm like... I did too. I mean, I'm like, he's maybe milking it a little bit, but that ball's in his glove, right? Yeah, as soon as, as soon as he took the pouty step, I knew he didn't catch it, but I was like, where'd the ball go? Yeah. I thought for a split second he did catch it. I, I think he makes that play six times out of ten. I agree. Well, uh, if not more. If not more, if not more, it's a play that I think that he's he's certainly capable of making it. It's a play I expected him to make. I, it wasn't a good pitch by Fromber Valdez. At the same time, that's an out most places. I thought it could have been an out at Minute Maid Park yesterday. I thought Fromber was fine. I, I didn't think he was bad. I didn't think he was good. He was certainly good enough to win a game if you get a little bit of offense, but didn't. Here was his manager after the game, Skipper Dusty Baker, on what he thought of uh, Fromber Valdez's outing. Well, you know, his stuff was good. You know, he made two mistakes. You know, he made a mistake on a up-and-away fastball that was supposed to be sinking down for the home run to right. And then the second one was, you know, the ballpark got him. It was a changeup that was up, and he hit it to the smallest part of the ballpark. But, uh, you know, other than that, he threw the ball. He threw the ball well tonight. That was, uh, that was Dusty's thoughts. He thought Romber was pretty good. Um, yeah, two mistakes. The Jonah Heim one was an absolute killer. So, like, that was unfortunate on so many fronts. One... It was a little bit off the plate, but we saw the home plate umpire call strikes on the outside corner. We Could did. have had a strike three on Mitch Garver, the head bat he, before that, and if he does, he's out of the inning. Then Garver reaches on that little seeing eye single, makes a mistake pitch that barely gets over the wall. That that two run homer was annoying on four different fronts. Yeah, it looked like too he was, and part of the reason why I said it, it looks like he was never in complete control because every time he felt like he was getting screwed on a call, it just seemed like it was bothering him. And that was bothersome because you're right. He was given the umpire was given a whole lot on that outside corner. He was, and and then all of a sudden, you know, he should be out of the inning. He's not, and before you know it, he's given up a two spot uh, at the worst possible time for him. And suddenly, you got a deficit, and and that was painful to watch because he should have been out of the inning. But overall, I just never felt like he was in complete control and as competent as he had been. But he was good enough to win most games the way he pitched. What did you think of Fromber last night? What do you think of Dusty's lineup tonight ahead of a critical, obviously critical, do-or-die 
Game 7 at Minute Maid Park where a home team has not won a game in this series. 713-780-ESPN is our HRNP listener line. 713-780-3776. We're on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. He's blank on Branham. Hip, hip, Jorge behind the glass. Game 7 edition of the Killer Bees ALCS trip to the World Series. On the line, Dusty's lineup is out. What'd you think of Fromber yesterday? Where's your Thoughts. Game six yesterday with the Astros losing. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Brian, you're in the hive. What's up, Brian? Hey, what's up, fellas, man? Love the show. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I'll, I'll be right up front. I'm a Rangers fan. Oh. But I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not an optimist. I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. I, I really give the advantage tonight. To the Astros, uh, you don't know what Scherzer is going to show up, and um, I, it's it's been a very entertaining series, man. I'm I'm just so excited as a Rangers fan. I consider the season a success. Obviously, I do want to win, uh, but coming from where we were last year, all the way up to Game Seven of the ALCS, you know, I, I feel like it's I, I feel like Bochy did an incredible job, and guys came together. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I, it's, I, I give this flight advantage tonight to the Astros. Uh, it, it kills me to say it, but, uh, you just don't know what shirts are going to show up. So, you know, I just, uh, wish you guys the best of luck. I hope it's a good, clean game. And, uh, you know, one of us will be happy tomorrow. True. Brian, thanks All for right, the call. It. Thanks no, for the kind words. Brian, and for, you know, yeah. walking into the danger zone <laughs> in a situation like this. And I wish you the worst of luck tonight. Well, I, 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 all the all the kind things are, are well received, very appreciative, but we wish you the worst of luck. Booing them? Booing? We should really be booing the Astros, Garcia. quite frankly. We should be booing the Astros. I think they thrive on it. It's something that should be done at Minute Maid, except for Kyle Tucker, because he needs all the moral support that he can get oh, yeah, uh, right oh, now. He needs a standing ovation like Trey Turner did to yeah. turn a season around. I've seen a well, lot of people say billboards. that. That's how Trey Turner oh, that, turned around his right. season. That, that, that yeah. Smith, yeah. where are you? He actually didn't on, buy Mac. them either. The Phillies had a buy for billboards all season, and they volunteered it, and he took them up on it, and then the fans started loving him again. That's Yeah, that's what the Astros should do. It's not too late. Uh, 9392, that's a Rangers fan I can have a beer with. I agree, except make it a, a gentle bend. Look, the Rangers' futures. like I'm bullish on the Rangers' future. Oh. They're, they're loaded with talent. They're willing to spend money. Um and Bruce Bochy's a heck of a manager, man. Mm-hmm. That guy can manage his tell-off. He's a really good manager, just like Dusty's a really good manager. It's what's led to some think- more intrigue in this series that has been a good one, to Brian's point. I look at those two managers, and I'm thinking, I'm just curious. Do you think Boch is an analytics guy at all? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, look at the way he uses the bullpen. I think he got it when he was in San Francisco more so than anything, and I think he became okay with it and then actually understood how it could help him. Because I don't think Dusty is big on the analytics at all, and I think the difference between the two of them is Bochy is. Uh, I think Dusty will – I mean, they both will use the analytics. Everybody's analytical to a degree. But big on it. Yeah, I mean – I mean, Dusty's usage of like how he went to the uh, to the bench yesterday for Singleton was based on analytics, like on on how well Leclerc is against righties and how bad Leclerc is against lefties. Like, if you go nineteen eighty managing, there's no way you're using John Singleton in that spot the eighth inning yesterday. But based on the numbers, Leclerc dominates righties, struggles against lefties. There's one lefty left on the bench. You go with the numbers and you you play you pinch hit John Singleton in that spot. Um, I think that Bucci uh, Bucci I think Bochi uses him more than Dusty, or he you know puts more. 
value on them. But I, I don't think I think Dusty gets critic like criticism for not being analytical, which I, I disagree with. I think that Dusty is analytical uh, way more than he, at least he's getting credit given credit for. I also think, but I also think the reason why I say he's not all on board and he's not big on analytics, he'll be open to it. I'm sure there are times with matchups and things that he will he will favor it. But we've also seen when it becomes time to decide player A versus player B, it's not just because one's more veteran than the other. And a lot of times, if he's got gut feelings and he likes a you know he likes a guy for whatever the reason, or he likes their resume for whatever the reason, and and he's being told, hey, analytics and everything else says this is the player that we should be playing, or this young player is our so and so of the future, he's gonna poo poo all over that and go, I don't care, I'm going with whatever my gut tells me. Yeah, I mean. I think it's a very critical position, though, like the catcher spot, and then the whole center field catcher. There's been there's been a few where he just if he's he's gonna die on a hill where he just does not believe it. You know, in the case of Miles Straw, well, where is he not believing it in center though? No, I'm talking. About, it started with Miles Straw, where they had that big disagreement, and he was like, "I don't care who you think this kid can be, and, and what analytics tell you that he's going to be, and, and how you think he's the center field of the future." Well, I'm an- not going to play him. Analytics don't project though. A- analytics are their numbers on what has happened. Right, but what I'm saying is they use those to say that because this kid is already doing this, this, and this, we believe that offensively and what he brings to the table defensively, he's going to be this. And mm-hmm. Dusty's like, you know what, don't care about any of that. I believe on who's going to give me the best performance tonight and tomorrow, and that's who I'm playing. He definitely manages on vibes, there's no doubt. And, and Bochi does too, though. I mean, how many how many managers in baseball that are analytically driven leave Evaldi in the game as long as he did? None of them. Well, you see Tampa Bay doing that? You see any of these analytical young managers doing that? No way. Bochi would, Dusty would, and that's why there's been kind of a renaissance on veteran managers, I think. I think. The other thing, too, to the, sign, to the credit of Bochi will still stick with it no matter what time of the game was the fact that he started Grossman last night and he, he, he was not hesitant at all to quickly pull Grossman and put and take a guy that, you know, a bat that might be used later in the game and just say, okay, that's it. Right now I feel like this is the place where we put Carter in the ball game. It's like the fourth inning. And, like, this is what we're doing and we're going to do it. And credit to Bochy for, for just doing it. Dave says they need to send Tucker to see Deshaun's masseuse. That's perverted text that you just sent. Uh, definitely not Correa's masseuse, though. That would be bad. It means Tucker would not play today. Although there's a lot of people that don't want Kyle Tucker to play today. This prisoner of the moment we have when players are struggling, oh, don't play him today. Don't play Brandon. Don't play Tucker. Don't play Pena. Don't don't pitch Fromber Valdez. It it is kind of uh, it's funny to me. Here's the thing: I, I would never say don't play Tucker, but he someone needs to adjust the attitude a little bit for him. He's always that way, though. I've but seen a lot of super wearing it. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I would struggling. I would hope he rips the batting gloves off at some point and just tries that. But he just looked so much dauber down down in the dumps the entire game that it, it was it was getting painful to watch because it looked like he was the one time he tried the bunt early in the game with runners on and I'm going that's not Kyle Tucker trying to bunt I didn't hate it first and second nobody out as as bad as he's been mm. but it is it is a clue that he's feeling it oh no it, doubt it's a, unless unless it was from the dugout which I don't know I don't, if, I don't think it would be I don't think so. I don't think Dusty would put the bunt on there with Kyle he's kind of a guy that is willing to let his players play through it but he also moved Kyle Tucker down when I didn't think he would move uh Kyle Tucker down uh to be perfectly honest but yeah Bochy's a good manager Dusty's a good manager someone just sent a, a text that I didn't want to talk about but it is true and since Eric texted it uh, Dusty Baker's never won a game seven in his career oh, and Bruce boy. Bochy has never lost mm. a game seven in his career if you believe in uh, numbers and you believe in the math now one thing that um, that Brian did talk about was he feels like the Astros have an advantage here today it's a game seven you can throw everything out the window Astros are favored today uh, I don't love that you have to rely on another Christian Javier big time big game Javi performance uh, Scherzer 
Look, Scherzer's only second start after missing a significant amount of time. He hadn't pitched all that well. He had a couple of decent starts before his injury, but hadn't been pitching all that well leading up to the injury. On paper, the Astros do have the advantage with the pitching matchup, but you have to get to Scherzer. I think you need to get to Scherzer early. It can't For be sure. this one. Like, they had a Yavaldi on the ropes in the first inning yesterday. I think you get to him. He, he goes four or five innings. You get to the bullpen. Maybe it's a game that you win. Maybe it's a different outcome. Maybe you're not playing baseball today. Same thing with Scherzer. Like, you can't let Scherzer find a groove, and then all of a sudden he's pitching his team into the sixth and inning. You've got to believe he's on a pitch count still. I don't. It's game seven. So he's I know on the it's line. game seven, but at the same time, he's coming back next year, and, and they need him if they go any further. And, and like you said, this is just last game was just his first start back. He, I don't think he's stretched out enough either, That and I don't think Bochy's going to take any chances regardless. But if he was on, what, 70 pitches last time, I can't believe it's going to be much higher unless he gets a couple of quick innings. I just I hope they get rid of him quickly, and because I would rather get into the inexperienced, you know, other guys in that rotation that might come in and in that bullpen than seeing Scherzer feel comfortable early, find a groove, and then go get that bulldog mentality against you. You don't want if he's grooving and he's through five innings and is thrown. Let's see here. He's in the sixty-five. Sixty 70 pitches. Range. Does he have the sixth? Yeah. If he had, if he has six really good innings and is at seventy pitches, does he have the seventh? If it's just like five or ten, he's going to stick. With See, him. I think he's going to stick with them until he struggles. I don't, I don't think he's going to be on a pitch count. I think it's going to be the Dusty Baker performance count, which is a great line. He's not on a pitch count; he's on a performance count, which is a great line. It's game seven. It's Look, a little do I think, or die. I think Bochy trusts Max Scherzer, no matter where he is with his, how how stretched out he is, to most every other guy in the bullpen, but three guys. If he's pitching well. Yeah, if yeah. he's rolling at all, he's going to roll with Bo- uh, he's going to roll with Scherzer before he's going to roll with any of the guys he doesn't really want to see in the game in the bullpen. Yeah, I don't I don't think that he'll be on a on a pitch count. I think he'll be on the, on the performance count. What about Verlander? Do you think he's available tonight? I do, I really do, because like you said, this is World Series or go home, and you're not worried about him getting rest if, if you're going home. And I think because you're probably going to lose a Brayu for a, for tonight, no matter what. Which in my I, opinion? Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, in we'll second. get to that. Sorry, I was about but to I'm get just triggered. Saying, but because I believe you're going to lose him. For at least tonight, having that extra go-to arm that you can go to to get a couple of outs, I think Verlander will be in the bullpen and and, and will be accessible if necessary tonight. I wouldn't touch it. Why? I wouldn't touch because Verlander on two days rest that terrifies me. And Verlander is the kind of guy that when he gets hit, he gets hit in his first time through the lineup or first inning. Like it takes him a little while to like settle in. And his performances in the bullpen out, out of the his performances in the playoffs out of the bullpen have not been good. For, in his career, I'm not so, looking for him to go long, but I, I mean, it's kind of a who do you trust more? And you know, Dusty's going to lean towards the the grizzled veteran than he is going to be the Hunter Browns and the and the JP Francis of the world. If it comes to that, I think he's going to look for Justin to just give him three outs or or face three, maybe less than that. If it's you know one out in an inning and he needs a guy that can go get two guys, uh, Ari Alexander, who has broken some news before in this city when it comes to like players being called up, things like that. Really? He, yeah, he has. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he has. Uh, he just tweeted moments ago, Major League Baseball source, Brian, Avail- Brian Abreu is available to pitch Game 7 tonight. Wow. So <laughs> hopefully Ari's right because he's breaking some news. First I've seen it was from Ari. Major League Baseball source, Brian, Ava- uh, Brian Abreu is available to pitch in Game 7 tonight. Now, I like the fact that regardless if he is the guy breaking this, whoever's breaking the story, and if that is true, that's what Major League Baseball was supposed to do. There's no way in hell when you started getting reports from Rosenthal and everybody that the meeting was going to happen today at 5 p.m., that you could put the entire organization and the baseball operations staff behind the eight ball 
and have them waiting on pins and needles until when the meeting's over, say 535, 45, however long it takes. You can't do that in a game seven. You can't do that any time in the playoffs, in my opinion. But that would have been horse bleep. He also says any suspension any suspension would be pushed back to 2024. Fine was reduced to $2,500, uh, Ari was told. So let's talk about the Brian yeah. Abreu drama, how it's been handled by the league. And now, according to Ari Alexander of Channel 2, Abreu available in Game 7 tonight. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Dr. O and his staff do a phenomenal job because they care about their patients. they got three locations to better serve you. Two near downtown Houston, one new one in League City that we were there for the grand opening for. And he does all of it to accommodate Houstonians so that they can come in and he can explain to them how he can help them on a daily basis. As you get older, you lose energy. You don't get things done and you're not able to do the things that you once did in your younger years. And at Apollo Men's Health, it's their goal to get you feeling great again and get you to doing those things like it was your best years because they're going to be your best years. From the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom, if you're struggling, they're going to have an answer, a plan, and a way to get you back where you need to be. They're phenomenal. Go to ApolloMH.com right now and see all the services that they they offer. If there's a few that you think might interest you, sign up right there online for your first appointment. Go in, ask questions, get answers, and see how they can help you too. Everything from a workout program, getting more energy, like I mentioned, like B12 shots and hormone therapy, to the fact that semi-glutide is now FDA approved. They offer it. You can get it and lose up to six pounds every week without even going to the gym. If you're going to the gym and you want to recover quicker, they have HGH peptide therapy. And if you want to chart your progress so that even when you're in a rut or feel like you're not making progress, you can check your numbers with a full body composition analysis and find out where your body fat levels are, your muscle levels, and all the important numbers. And hopefully if they're making sense, you know you're making progress whether you feel like it or not. They're great people. They do great things. Mention my name, Joel Blank, free B12 shot or body comp on your first official visit. But go see them and see if they can make a difference because chances are they... More information coming out during the break about Brian Abreu's uh, suspension. It is going to be upheld, but his first uh, games that he has to serve is next year. Uh, so Ari tweeting that uh, Brian, avail- uh, Brian Abreu available to pitch in Game 7 tonight. Brian McTaggart is tweeted. Major League Baseball says Abreu's two-game suspension upheld will be served first two games of 2024. Uh, Ken Rosenthal has also tweeted the exact same thing. It's like that they copy and pasted what an email they got from Major League Baseball. So that just means Ooh. that when the Astros are wearing gold jerseys and hosting the New York mm, Yankees don't talk like that. to start don't the next talk season, like that. No, Brian no, Abreu will Can we be shut you up? Can we press the off yes. button? Like what you are can you press doing it to, to us? What's wrong because with that? he he because he likes to he You're likes to make the hell out of everything. He likes to make the it's bold stances and you know laugh about it and then, and, be and then wrong he gets property. On tr- I, was told, I was told to have positive vibes. I'm trying to have positive vibes. Who told you to have that? They did. The negative Nancys from twelve to three. So negative oh. Nancys told you no, to have positive vibes. Michael told me to be positive. He said we need to be positive. I mean, positive and and guaranteeing victory. No, are those hand in hand? I didn't guarantee a victory. I mean, you said well, they're wearing the gold uniforms next year whenever he's not pitching. If yep. they don't win, they don't do anything that you just suggested. Well, I think they're going to win tonight. And right. We, so you're guaranteeing a victory. We're not superstitious. Well, I don't play on the team, so I can't guarantee a victory, but I can say I think they're going to win. You can. You can. You absolutely can guarantee it. I can't play on the radio, it. and you uh, people do that all the time, and you just did. Yeah. We're not superstitious. The bees aren't, but we're a little stitious. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk like that on this show. <laughs> Joe George. Why? So we if make you predictions can, if, all the time. I'm not in the prediction business. I'm in the reaction business. That's what we do. We react. We don't predict. You predicted the series. I know. I didn't like it. I told you that before I said it. I'm in the reaction business, not in the prediction business. Just like I'm in the opinion sure. business, not the analysis business. 
Anyway, 713-780-ESPN. Um, I'm glad that they did this, quite frankly. The the fact that, one, he was ejected was ridiculous. Oh. If it didn't take Adolis Garcia acting like a petulant child, Correct. he would not have been thrown out. Uh, the fact that it was also a suspension at all was a favor to Chris Young, the general manager of the Arlington Rangers. Look, I don't believe that Martin Maldonado was hit. We had a texture just now say, what do you guys think about Martin? Martin Maldonado was trying to get hit. He crowded the plate, was trying to get inside. But if Martin Maldonado in that spot would have been like, you know what? I'm going to act like Adolis Garcia did. I'm going to turn around to Jonah Heim and start wagging my finger like Dikembe Mutombo saying, no, 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 no. Incite the benches clearing. You're going to tell me that Igivaldi would have gotten a two-game suspension and thrown out of that game? Like that's It's kind of weird to me. And the whole thing is, well, intent. You know, The intent was because he... he he, he reacted to Adolis Garcia. How can you prove that? How can you prove that Eovaldi didn't hit Martin Maldonado on purpose after Martin Maldonado was said to have been the one from the Rangers clubhouse that sparked the whole thing with Adolis Garcia? So the precedence that Major League Baseball has has set here, and I don't think that Eovaldi was throwing at Maldonado. Maldonado was calculated, crowded the plate, was trying mm-hmm. to get hit to spark something, trying to give the Astros a base runner. But the precedent that Major League Baseball has set is that if you pimp a home run and then you get hit, and then you incite the benches clearing, the guy that hits you is going to be banged for two to three games. That is stupid. Completely ludicrous because of the fact that he was the instigator in the entire thing. Like, if he just quietly goes to first base, takes takes the medicine of being hit, he got hit in the pad, too. He didn't really get hit to where you could, you know, say, oh, my God, I need medical attention. But yet he turns, and not only does he go at Maldonado, but he not only pushes him, but he several times put a hand on an umpire to get him out of the way. All things that in the regular season would have had him not only digging into his wallet, but sitting out a game minimum. But the fact that all that took place because of his actions, and he went right to the catcher, he didn't even go to Abreu, but Abreu's the one wearing it. He's the first one thrown out. Then Dusty loses his mind, and rightfully so. And then after that whole uh, theatrics and all the things that Dusty was doing, they finally agreed to throw out Garcia, too. But then on top of that, when Major League Baseball puts the word out about the decision, they emphatically put in the headline of the release in, for intentionally throwing. How can you Man. prove that? Beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is no way you can prove it short of the person that was throwing the baseball admitting, damn right, I went after him and I threw at him. And when you factor in the scenario itself, it's still a two-run game. There's nobody out and a runner on first. Do you really think they're going to set the table for the floodgates to open up and put first and second nobody out and do it intentionally? Come on, man. Yeah, see, the the point that you said about the only person that knows if he did it intentionally is Abreu and or maybe Martin Maldonado. Like, I don't think that they did it intentionally. You don't think that they did it intentionally. The Rangers clubhouse thinks that he did do it intentionally. The entire city of Arlington thinks that he did it intentionally. But it's impossible to improve intent. Like, this would never hold up in the court of law. Zero chance whatsoever. But I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Astros in the sense that they're not stupid. Because you can't prove intent, but if you did intentionally throw at Adolis Garcia in that spot, runner at first base, nobody out, down by two runs in game five of an ALCS in which you lose, you're a game away from being eliminated the entire year. I personally don't believe the Astros are that stupid. I can't prove that he didn't intentionally do it. You're right. I can't prove that he intentionally did it. But what I'm saying is I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that the Astros aren't morons and would intentionally hit a batter in that situation. Now, 
whatever. The Astros ended up winning. Altuve hit another huge home run. Uh, Abreu was able to pitch yesterday. We've had to at least like sweat the drama out, but Abreu is going to be fine the rest of the postseason. Uh, hopefully there's more than this one game. So at the end of the day, I don't really care a whole lot because I don't care if Jose Abre- or Brian Abreu misses a couple of games to start next year, and I don't really care if he loses a whole but, lot of money. Now, frankly, this whole thing's stupid. It's a farce, and it's Robert Manfraud. But I'm just happy that it, he's not going to be forced to be suspended for a real playoff game. And the problem is, though, is that like they, they got everything wrong after that, too. Not just what happened yesterday. I know you were going back and forth with people oh, yeah, I was all day yesterday. A lot of but, fans. but Leclerc threw high and tight on Dubon in the yeah. next inning. Like, there's no reason why he got to stay in the game. Well, who dusted and the tower on Altuve? It, was, it wasn't Leclerc. Leclerc, it was the it was, uh, was it Spores. It might have been Spores. Yeah. That, went, dust, that, that did the foot right up. I mean, head oh, level. That's that, just that good was, strategy, that though. Like, before. I'm not even mad about the Altuve thing. Like, you're no. you're going to pitch Altuve high and tight. Aroldis did it to Jordan. Like, you're going to pitch him high and tight. Adolis Garcia, go look at his cold zone. You're going to pitch him high and tight. But if you're going to tell me that Brian Abreu intentionally hit Adolis Garcia in that spot, Joe's right. Go look at Jose Leclerc. The very first pitch after Jose Altuve hit a three-run homer, he goes high and tight at Mauricio Dubon. How is that not intentional? But Abreu's was. It feels very contradictory to it, me. Well, there's no doubt about it. And to Joe's point about how it was handled, it was handled poorly because here we are in the middle of the biggest series of the year in the American League, wondering if this guy's going to be suspended for arguably the two biggest games of the year if they happen. And because they made the decision today, there is a case to be made that Dusty could have emptied the take on Abreu last night, knowing he was available for just last night, thrown him out there for another inning, and then he wouldn't be available even if he was available tonight. And that is just a complete horse bleep move again by Major League Baseball, suspending him in the middle of a series, another idiotic move by Major League Baseball. And I'll tell you this, to your point, if I'm doing that intentionally... I'm not doing it with, my, with arguably my best relief pitcher. If I'm doing it intentionally, Ryan Stanek's on the mound. Montero. Or Montero. And, and they still throw enough <laughs> gas to where, guess what? I'm basically waving the white flag, and I'm saying, I don't give a rat's ass. I'm going to tag your, your player for showing us up. But because it was a Brayu, that's just another reason why they didn't do it intentionally. Let's uh here was Dusty Baker to your point too. Cause like I, I tweeted out before the game, if you have a good feeling that Brian Abreu is gonna be suspended for game seven, you should use him for six outs tonight ahead of game six. Here was Dusty Baker who wisely did not do that. I thought about using him two innings today, you know, had the decision been made, but you'd hate to, you know, have the uh you know, the fine and the suspension go past tomorrow and then I wouldn't have had Abreu tomorrow, you know, had he gone two innings. So, you know, you wish you had a decision. You wish you had a, uh, you know, some final uh, decision, you know, about his status. So, you know, we took a shot there. Hopefully some of this will be postponed and we'll have him tomorrow as well. Shrewd move by Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker, vibes, man. He's winning. Like, hey, everybody wanted him to throw Abreu two innings, six outs. He decided not to, uh, and he's available today in a game seven. Precedence-wise, wasn't there like one player in the history of the playoffs that got suspended during the playoffs? Yeah. And it was like in the 80s or something like that? I think it was for Pintar. I think it was like, I want to say it was Jay Hill? Jay Wright? No, Jay Wright was the coach of Villanova. I forget his name, but yes. Yeah, but the commissioner at the time, it was a three-game suspension. The commissioner at the time said, we're going to do it. We're going to make sure it's games four, five, and six because we don't want to impact a potential game seven. So at least, at least at the end of the day, 
Brian Abreu is not forced to miss a playoff game, which is the the most important thing. Do I care that Brian Abreu is going to miss games in 2024? Not really. Do I care about his pocketbook? Not really. Uh, do I think it's stupid by Major League Baseball? 100%. Do I think it's setting a dangerous precedent? Yes. Do I think it's impossible to prove intent? Absolutely. But at least Brian Abreu is available game six, game seven, and whatever is left of the postseason. If it's tonight, it's tonight. If there's a World Series to play, there's a World Series to and play. And I asked you guys, too, and, I, and you said your response was, I, I get, I understand. But this is like the Yuli situation. If you're going to suspend Yuli Gurriel for the, the issue that he had um, during the playoffs with making the, jet, the facial uh, gesture, uh, you're going to do it at the start of next year. You're not going to do it to impact the rest of this series. And I get it. He was on the bench versus what happened on the field. Mm-hmm. But you got to let the players decide the, the fate of their teams in the biggest uh, games of the year at the end of the season and not be, you know, playing judge and jury and, and basically trying to dictate the outcome. I, I, I agree with that. Unless, unless the dude's like, yeah, I did it on purpose. Like, you have to be without a sh- like beyond a shadow of a doubt if you're going to suspend somebody in the playoffs uh 713-780-ESPN we'll get to some of your comments your thoughts on this whole ordeal uh we mentioned the the Dusty Baker there with Brian Abreu not using him for that second inning was already at 20 pitches in hindsight that looks great how about some of the other decisions Dusty made yesterday Maldi batting for himself in the eighth John Singleton bases loaded in the eighth Montero in the ninth one of these critical, dusty decisions. What'd you make of them? 713-780-ESPN. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. He's blank on Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Brian Abreu available game seven. His, uh, his suspension's been upheld, but he's not serving until 2024. Fine reduced, too, so that's nice. Nice for uh, Brian Abreu and Mrs. Brian Abreu. If there is a Mrs. Brian Abreu, they can enjoy dinner a little bit more. 713-780-3776. Go out to the HRP listener line. Tony, you're in the high with a beast. What's up, Tony? Yeah, I was just calling to uh, mention the fact that I know you guys are saying that Adolis Garcia instigated the whole issue. I heard sure. you say that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wouldn't the... I guess hit by pitcher. Wouldn't that have actually instigated it? The guy that hit Adolis? Yes. What happened whenever Martin Maldonado got hit yesterday? What did he do? Well, again, what did did Corey Seager Seager do whenever he got hit in the foot by Stanek? He didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. He didn't incite the benches clearing. Uh, being hit by a pitch but isn't what incites again, the that, benches clearing. What incited the benches clearing was Adolis Garcia wagging his finger in Martin Maldonado's face, Tony. And pushing him. Yeah, but, but that was after he was hit by a pitch, right? Yes, but other guys get hit by pitches, and they don't incite the benches clearing because they do not react. The reaction's what forced the benches so to clear. Are, if there was not a reaction, let me, let me ask you this, you Tony. By- let me ask you this, Tony. If Adolis Garcia puts his head down and runs to first base, do the benches clear? If he had not been hit by a pitch. Okay, he didn't answer the question. You're not going to answer the question. It was a very one-sided conversation. Tony's point is that Adolis Garcia reacted because Brian Abreu hit him. We've seen guys get hit in Major League Baseball history a ton. It happens all the time. When the guy just puts his head down and runs to first base... They do. It never leads to the benches clearing. Some guys own it too. They know it's coming because whether they know it's because they they showed them up or they hit a dong or whatever, they they own it. They just take it and they know they they kind of smirk and they go to first base. Here's the other thing too, and like I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Game Five because the Astros lost in Game Six. Obviously, we'll talk about this situation. The Adolis reaction, like 
some people defending him for, you know, acting that way. Some of the Astros were defending his actions as well. And I can understand how he's mad in that spot. But his actions had a negative consequence on his team. That's why... Whenever, you know, Mauricio Dubon didn't flip out when he went, whenever LeClerc went high and tight, because the moment you flip out, bench is clear. What's your pitcher doing in the dugout? He's getting cold. Like, oh, blanked on uh, Garcia's first name, Adolis, Adolis Garcia in that spot. He iced his own pitcher. Jose LeClerc in the ninth inning then gives up two base runners before Altuve hits a three run shot. So Adolis Garcia, whether you believe he was fair to be mad, whether he was not fair to be mad, whether he incited the benches clearing, whether Brian Abreu incited the benches, whatever. Adolis Garcia in that moment cost his team because he was icing Jose LeClerc. So he let his selfishness get in the way of his team in that moment. Somebody from ESPN Radio put the clock on the amount of time that he was left to sit on the bench, that being LeClerc, while all this was playing out because it was a a, a four-out save opportunity, and it was over 20 minutes. When you leave a relief pitcher that's used to just coming in, doing his job, getting three outs, and going home, and you leave him on the bench after getting one out for 20 minutes and then give him eight warm-up pitches and say, go be as effective as you were coming out of the bullpen hot, good luck with that. If Adolis Garcia puts his head down and runs to first base, the Rangers are in the World Series. I think you're probably I right. I firmly believe that because they don't lose that game. I, I Look, can you can't live in the alternate reality. You can't play out the situation. Who knows what Yiner or Singleton Altuve does. But Jose LeClerc, the more and more that he was sitting on the dugout, the more likely it was the Houston Astros were to stage a comeback. Were they going to stage a comeback if that never happens? Maybe. I don't know. But Adolis Garcia doing that, icing his own closer, increased the odds of the Astros coming back and winning. I firmly believe if Adolis Garcia puts his head down, puts team in front of himself, team in front of me, trots down to first base, the Rangers win in six. I don't think you're wrong. I think based on now the intensity level and the urgency might have been a little bit different if you're the Astros last sure. night because of it, too. So that's you're right. That's the tough part of you know going into revisionist history. They win but, game five. But they I, win game five. If they win game five, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's a better than average chance that they're going to the World Series already and it's over. And the fact that it did two things. It did everything that we're talking about, and it fired up the Astros, too. It got everybody hyper-focused on the Astros, and it got them to have that little extra to say, you know what, we want to give you the middle finger. We want to do whatever we can to win this ball game." And good on Eddie Perez on the at the ESPN radio broadcast for saying, this game ain't over, fellas. The fact that LeClerc's been sitting for 20 minutes and the fact that you can get a couple of pinch hitters in there in the ninth, Astros got a chance to at least set the table. And not only did they set the table, but they ate dinner. And they also had dessert. And Dusty. Trade the joke. Seven one three seven eight two three six. So you give it a seven. I'll go with a I'll go with a five and a half. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Great blank man's joke. Uh I also we can't forget Dusty Baker though. Just sitting oh, there. Oh, that on the was bench. great. I mean the fact I that he got thrown out the and then was just sitting there and they kept <laughs> telling leave. him like you gotta leave. He's like, I'm not leaving. See, I'm I not thought, going nowhere. I thought he was going to get suspended a game. I thought because he extended it the way he did. What's what's it in the uh, in the NBA for not leaving the court in a timely manner? When when you do something like that, and national TV is, you know that there are big uh, up higher ups in the network going, "Oh my God, we're breaking past news time. We're breaking yeah. past this show." I mean, you know that it was driving everyone nuts. But good on him, and I think that it's great TV. I think it really well, stemmed from the fact that you were going to throw his 
his relief pitcher out, but you weren't going to throw initially Garcia out of the game. That was uh, <laughs> that was my favorite Dusty Baker moment ever, I think. Yes, that's number one. <laughs> I think it's clear in a way number one. That's the one. hottest he's ever been as a national manager. Maybe the, uh, ever? I think he's been thrown Maybe. out 27 times in 27 years. Really? So he averages one a year. That's the hottest I've ever seen him in his tenure with the Astros. He talked to uh, Verducci. I was watching a bit of the pregame show yesterday, and I caught the interview. And uh, <laughs> Verducci was like, you know, you're always mild-mannered. And Dusty's like, not always. If I get tricked. Triggered, I'll bring out Johnny. And he said his stepmom texted him, which I can't believe his stepmom's alive. But his stepmom texted him after that game five. I was like, oh, Johnny came out. So, you know, Dusty probably has a little bit of a, a wild hair, but That's does not real show it name? very off Johnny. Yeah, yeah Johnny. Uh, Johnny Baker. Everybody calls him Dusty. But that was great. I thought he'd be suspended. He did get fined, uh, not suspended. Um I was going to say something about Lance that. Lance McCullers oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. kicked off the bench, too. Lance McCullers, yeah. Did you see Snickers? You it. Little yeah. fist bump? Yeah, he almost, he, almost got <laughs> he, a, almost, he almost got TKO. He almost gave him an uppercut right hey, to the he, sternum. He almost got knocked out, and then he was like full 4-5-40 into the brawl. He was. Like, if you're, if you're not going to be able to play, Lance... Yeah. I mean, you might hurt yourself for next season, I was, uh, but like he was right there. I was worried they were going to have to bury him in Arlington if Snicker got a hold of him, which would have been unfortunate because he's supposed to be buried in the H. The I'm not. We don't like John Boy. I know you don't. Nope. No, I don't. Houston, in large, doesn't like John Boy. John Boy did post a video. I think it was this morning. I watched it this morning anyways. He does the breakdowns of ejections. He did the breakdown of the Adolis Garcia, uh, Brian Abreu thing. It's worth your time. Really? It's, it's John Boy does that well. John Boy does ejections, fights really, really well, and he's really good at reading lips or has somebody know that he reads lips he reads dusty baker's lips perfectly during the argument with the umpire it's really good so you can see everything that dusty baker's saying in that argument which makes it worth the watch so we don't like john boy we don't like doing john boy business but i'll tweet it here in a second it is worth watching maybe you don't want to watch the whole nine minutes but find the part yeah. where the umpires are talking to dusty i promise you it is worth your while i'll tweet it here in the uh in the break uh 713-780-3776 let's get to some of the um the the dusty decisions that he made yesterday uh, because we have to talk about it. It's a managerial decision. We think that Dusty's done a pretty good job, a good job. I think that Dusty should be back next year if Dusty wants to be back next year, but we have to break down the moments in a particular game that is critical, like a game six yesterday. He led off the inning with Martin Maldonado in the seventh inning when it was still very much – it was a game until the five-run spot in the uh, the ninth inning for the uh, for the Rangers. It was 3-2, to two, bottom of the seventh. Martin Maldonado's leading off the inning – I wanted Yiner Diaz there, just like he let off the ninth inning in Game 5. He lets Martin Maldonado bat. What did you think of that moment from Dusty? I questioned it. I thought about it, and I thought, well, the only thing I can think is is that, you know, he look, really I was thinking he was still thinking about the fact that Yiner's had a really rough playoffs, but Yiner had a base hit. To set the, to, to start the, to set the table so that Singleton and he got on so that Altuve could do what he did. I thought Yiner multiple times could have been used late in that game. And the fact that Dusty went and did what he was going to do, it, yeah, it worked out in revisionist history. When you look back at it, yeah, he, Maldi had hit. It worked out great. But it, it's just not the right move to make. No, seventh inning, that was that was earlier in the game. Seventh innings when he hit the line drive to left and was the first oh, out of the right. inning. Oh, that's right. He hit it hard, but the, he made it out. I think yeah. that was the fifth when he got hit. Now, this was the seventh inning when he hit the line shot, got out. Yeah, I, I questioned it. I would have went with Yonder Diaz in that spot. Hope that he can spark an inning like he sparked the ninth inning. Okay, John Singleton, bases loaded, two outs in the eighth. I know it was a great at bat. It turned out to be a great at bat. I'm looking at Chaz in that situation. I'm looking at Yiner in that situation. If he, Obviously, he didn't bat earlier. I'm looking at two guys that have been more seasoned in the playoffs already. I know Chaz has a tendency to be on edge and swing quickly, 
But even then, I mean, Yiner got a hit in his last at bat. Yiner would have been a guy there that you could have put in that has pop as well that could have really helped you. I was very, very surprised that he went back to Singleton. As much as Singleton got the walk the night before, I just didn't think that was the right position for him to be in. Let's get to Dusty's response to why he went with Singleton after the break. I, I might differ from you as well. And then his handling of the bullpen in the ninth inning as well. Uh, we'll get to that on the other side. Also, Kyle Tucker is broken. Is he the most important needed hitter for the Astros in the lineup tonight? 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Killer B's ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.